I'm joined by Andy Hayes, the head of effects at Framestore, a huge uh, visual effects company in London that works on lots of Hollywood films. Um, so, so what would be some of the biggest challenges in terms of animating characters uh, in visual effects? Biggest challenge in animating characters? I guess, um, I guess the thing that crops up with us is trying to make the characters sit into their environment and make them look believable. So if we have a digital character, some of the invisible stuff you might notice in the film we have to add, such as maybe the, the, how they interact with the ground, how they, how they interact with like, things around them, maybe like in a, in a forest or something, how, how they interact with the leaves and the plants around, around them. Um, is dust kicked up? Do they interact with this? So if it's a, a realistic character, um, which Framestore does quite a lot of those, then one of our problems is to try and make it look like they're realistically in that environment. And so the animator's job isn't, doesn't stand out, and so the whole thing looks more real. Because obviously a lot of our work is to do with photorealism. I suppose that was a related question, that you're also animating these backgrounds. So how do you make the two mesh together? Uh, you, it's down to the supervisor to figure out what's, what's appropriate to be done digitally as opposed to what's appropriate to be shot realistically. Um, so in some places, we'll, we'll actually have a set environment that's filmed in a, stu- in a, in a, in a studio, and then we'll take away bits from it where, uh, say, a digital character might interact, and then we'll replace them digitally later on. Um, and it's up to the, our lighting guys to do a really good job to make sure that it's lit in a similar fashion that was actually in the place where the original plate was made. So we capture all the lighting information when we shoot the stuff. And then it's up to our compass to then take that lit information and then embed it into the plate. And like I said, add the sort of subtle things that we, we bring to it, like little bits and pieces being kicked around or a bit of mist or something, just to kind of embed, make the whole thing gel together. Um, during your presentation, you were talking about gravity and that, how that was uh, pre-lit from the get-go and that a lot of these sort of settings were determined long, long time ahead of production. Uh, would that be unusual? Would it usually be determined on a scene-by-scene basis? I mean, I think that was a technological thing to, to aid the, the, the immersive experience of the show because it wasn't, really wasn't like a massive set. It was more about the characters. So the, the studio wanted to, to, to try and enhance the, how they looked and to make them more believable to sell the story. So that, I'd say, I guess that's more unique, but it, it certainly cropped up uh, to some degree a little bit before it and also certainly after it to, to various degrees. I think Gravity was a big step up from what was done before. But certainly we've seen since Gravity that other films are doing it. But obviously there's a, there's a financial cost to doing something that complicated, which you may or may not need for your, your film. Um, and it also has, a, has a, a, a production limitation as well to a degree where you have to know exactly, you have to lock yourself in exactly what you want to do even before you shoot. So um, that flexibility is another factor which may make a director decide to use it or, or not. And I'd heard something about gravity taking a long time to render, or I mean, like with the, obviously you have a lot of processing power at your disposal, but just what typically would be the rendering time for like a huge project with like lots of CG like that? Um, I mean, that, that that really varies from depending on what the shot is, what what's in the shot. So we may spend many many hours rendering a particular frame. We may spend a, a hundred hours on one single core rendering it we tend to measure things in terms of cores um how can you check for like everything being as close to perfect as you can get because I, I just know from editing you can sort of render something and then you watch oh that's not right i have to change it again how frustrating is that when you're dealing with like thousands of visual effects shots? oh well we, we we in terms of like rendering it we, we try and make sure that everything is absolutely correct before we render and we don't we don't render well we have various ways of rendering so we might render lower resolutions we might render a slightly dirtier renders just to make sure that things are looking the way we want that the lights in the right place the balance is correct and then once we're happy we get things signed off then we then we'll undertake the expensive renders but at that particular point 
the aim is that when those renders finish you're done and they go straight to comp there's, there's, we don't really want the expensive renders to happen again so we're, we're very cautious and the lighting team do a great job to ensure that you know they, they're very pragmatic about what they render how they render it and, and when they render it um, and you were saying during your talk that um, Framestore are looking to recruit people and uh, I suppose just if anyone out there was listening want to get into visual effects or animation uh, what would be a good path for them to take in terms of getting noticed by a company like Framestore uh, I guess it really de- depends on your background. Um, there are certainly some. It depends on when you're starting as well. I mean, there are if you there are, if you're looking to study, there are there's more support now than ever to to get help to to study to choose a course. Even before university, now there are there are places you can go, workshops you can do that will um, enable you to start to get the skills a bit earlier. Uh, there are some great university courses out that you can choose upon now and, and sort of create a skill set in other places across England and other countries. That they will have some sort of things that you can find the places to go. Um, if you're already working, there are there are some studios that offer training. Um, but I think, and then also having your own passion, the software is out there. You can you can download it, you can use it um, as a, as a student and make your own work and, and sing out. I think if you if you know what you want to do, um, then then go for it. Um, don't try and do the things that you don't want to do. I think you should if you if you're really focused on doing a particular job, then and you want to go to a big company which specialises, then you need to really specialise. Um, but if you're starting out, then some of the other smaller companies where you get to do a bit of everything uh, are also great places to start. And then you can kind of start to figure out and hone your, your reel to get into to, to, to a place where you can work for bigger companies. Uh, alternatively, most large companies like Framestore have, have positions where if you're, you're more junior, maybe done a university degree, you could probably come in as a runner or, or as a render support or as a tracker. And even, even our runners, it might sound like a, a menial job, but I mean they're the fundamental to the, to the upkeep of the building. But they they all have educational programs for the for the for the pathway they'd like to get into one day. So and and certainly in effects, we we always try and do you know, always try and look to our running team to to bring people onto shows, and that's worked quite well in the past for, to a great degree. And we also offer internships as well. So that mo- most companies do. So during the summer, you can come. You actually get a salary, and you'll you'll get to work on a project that's very similar to a show. Uh, you only have your own training program, and you might even get to do some shots in the film. So there's, I think there's quite a lot. I think if you start to dig around on the internet and have a look, there's various different um, avenues you can explore these days. It's the probably, well, it's obviously the best time ever to try and get into film. There's more avenues now than, than when I started, for sure. And in terms of opportunities available, do you find? Um uh, there is a gender balance uh, these days because uh, this is an issue coming up lately in the film industry. When it comes to visual effects work, um, is, what, what would the split between men and women be like or is there anything that could be done to encourage more women into it? Or? Uh, that's, a, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think some backgrounds have different gender balances. I think you know, traditionally some of our more artistic uh, roles, such as lighting, they, they, they have a much more even distribution between sort of men and women. I think for, for subjects like effects where I come from I guess the technical bias means for some reason that we tend to have more men come through even though you know there's no difference between what people can do so I think we suffer from a certainly a male dominated environment in effects and we have uh, just a handful of of women in effects and I totally love to see that 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 balanced out a bit more Um, but it's it I think um I think we just need to kind of get the word out to people that want to go to university and study that these are these are pathways that people can get into and they can be quite artistically and technically creative and challenging and and as a career they're the 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 great careers so I think it's just trying to get the word out there to, to and and trying to uh, to fix that dominance I guess 
Andy Hayes, thanks very much for joining us. No, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.